the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, family, it's Bishop Derek Greer, and I invite you to fuel up, get fired up, and have an awesome fellowship with me and the Grace Church family this Resurrection Sunday. It will all happen at the gorgeous Hilton Performing Arts Center in Manassas, Virginia. There'll be room for all and a special treat for elementary school children in attendance. For more information, go to gracechurchva.org slash resurrection. That's gracechurchva.org slash resurrection, and we will see you there. Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast. Today we will hear a classic message from Bishop Greer. We believe this word will bless you, so let's get into this classic teaching. Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 24. Today our title is, Lord, open my eyes so I don't have to see. Luke 24 in verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day. It was just days after the most horrible event in human history. The man they thought was the Messiah had been crucified, just like a common criminal. One of his closest followers had committed suicide. The disciples were frightened and the apostles were in hiding. Tension was in the air and everybody was scared. And the disciples here were traveling. These were probably one of the 70 or two of the 70, not one of the 12 or two of the 12. Traveling to a village called Emmaus, which literally meant warm spring. This was a beautiful area, probably the home of one of these two disciples. And this home was seven miles from Jerusalem. The intent of these men was to kind of get away from recent events and start over again. But I'm sure as they began this, this long walk home, they had a sinking feeling deep down in their stomachs because they had to face their families and and their neighbors and, and admit they had been wrong about this carpenter from Galilee. Admit that, you know what, maybe, you know, Jesus must not have been the Christ. He's not the one that's going to throw off the yoke of Rome. And, and, and they had to look at their neighbors and look at the scorn in their face and the ridicule. And Scripture says, and they talked together. And, you know, even though we, we might be hurting and in pain, we have to be careful not to overlook God's small consolations. They were hurting, but at least they had each other to talk to. That's, that's very, very important. Now, you, you may not be able to talk to everybody, but everybody could talk to someone. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9 elaborates. 
Two are better than one. When we're dealing with a crisis, when we're dealing particularly with things that have hurt us and we're not thinking as clearly as we, we, we like, two heads are always better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their what? Labor. And what Scripture is teaching is that when we connect with each other and we band together, the net effect is always greater than if we face things by ourselves and alone. It goes on in verse 10, it says, For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. You know, all of us do embarrassing things at times. Am I the only one in the room? Everybody. But it's during these times we need each other the most. When we fall, when, when we make a mistake, when we slip. But watch this next verse. But woe. How many of y'all know woe's not good? <laughs> but woe to him who is alone when he falls. The greatest danger is not falling, it's falling alone. Did you hear me? Y'all remember the movie 127 Hours? Aaron Ross, he said, you know what? Uh, I I feel like doing this thing alone. I'm going to go into the Utah Canyon. I know it's dangerous. I I know what what my training manual says, but but you know what? I, I, I feel like being by myself. So he went off into the canyon, but guess what? He had to cut off his arm in order to get out. All because he decided he had to do it by his self. And then the, the, the writer here, Solomon, he finishes by saying, for, for this man, this person has no one to help him up. This truth kind of grates against our rugged uh, individualism, our Americanism, where, you know, I'm an island unto myself. I do my own thing. I don't need nobody. But here's something I have learned in my uh, uh, 35 years of living. Okay, I lied. But one thing I learned is I need people. We need each other. I don't just want you. I need you. And you need me. Amen. Luke 24 and 14. And they talk together. These are these men now. They, they, they've been let down. Come on. Jesus was their hope. They left everything to follow this, this miracle worker. And, and he's hanging there. He hung there on a cross. And they beat him up. And, and he was side two criminals. It was, it was a bad scene. And their hopes were dashed. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. How many of you know stuff happens? Even to people who follow Jesus. Stuff happens. So it was while they conversed and reasoned. Notice here, this is very, very important. Jesus is not just attracted to people who believe. He's attracted to believers who think. I know that didn't go over well. It said while they conversed and reasoned. While they were thinking about it and talking about it, God showed up. They were grappling with difficult issues. And the master did not just leave them and say, you know what, y'all don't have all the answers. You know, I'm upset with your doctrine. It's not exactly right. You know, when you get it together, come back to me. Not what the master did. When they conversed and reasoned, Jesus himself, not an angel. 
himself drew near. God never abandons us just because we have some questions. God doesn't abandon us just because we have some difficulties. God doesn't abandon us just because we can't figure some things out. As they reasoned and as they conversed, the master showed up. Psalms 34 and 18 says, the Lord is near. Meaning the Lord's ready to help the broken hearted. He's talking about folks who aren't ignoring but wrestling with, 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 with their pain and the brokenness in their lives. And my prayer, God, is break my heart, God, with what breaks yours. And he saves the crushed in spirit. Meaning God knows exactly what that kicked in the stomach feeling feels like. And he's here today to help us get some breath back into our bodies. Luke 24 and 15. While they conversed and reasoned and could not figure it out, it did not add up. Sometimes God just doesn't make sense. Jesus condemned him and criticized him. No, he drew near and he went with them. Jesus was the first with the motto, leave no man behind. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Pay attention here. He did not pursue two men who had it figured out. He pursued two men who still had questions. So if you're here this morning with questions, Jesus wants to show up this morning and do some things in your life. You're not disqualified. In fact, according to the text, you are absolutely qualified. Luke 24 and 15. While they conversed and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and he went with them. But it says their eyes were restrained. You know, grief and heartache has a way of of blinding us. You know, sometimes stuff hits us so hard that, 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 that we can't recognize good no more. You know, good was staring them right in the face. Goodness was standing right next to them, but they couldn't recognize them. And when you've been hurt and when you've been hit, sometimes you can't see good. You, you, you got good right there in your life, but you can't see it anymore. And all the goodness seems to be hidden from, from your perspective. And this is where these men were. They couldn't see the goodness of God anymore. They, they couldn't see the grace of God. They couldn't see the touch of God. They couldn't feel the hand of God. God could not be seen. God seemed to be absolutely hidden. This was the heart and the feeling of these men. But Jesus was still with them. And it's important to understand when you can't see him, that doesn't mean he's not there. So that they did not know him. We see the problem was clearly not God's absence. It was their lack of perception. Your problem this year was not God's absence. Between, you know, this Easter when you came to church and the last Easter when you, when you came to church. The problem was not God's absence. But your perception, God has not abandoned you. It's just your pain has kept you from seeing him. But Jesus spoke and he, he said to them, 
You know, Jesus is the lily of the valley. I mean, he's gentle enough to, and tender enough to walk with us in, in difficulty. But, but don't take that to think he's going to just be your puppet. He's nobody's yes man. So, so respect the tenderness of Jesus that came alongside these men, but also hear the lion's roar in the next couple verses. He said, what kind of conversation is this? that you are having with one another. How many know when God starts to ask you questions, you're in trouble? (laughs) Adam, where art thou? Uh, uh, Cain, where is your brother? Or when you come in uh, late, your wife asks, where you been? (laughs) Questions are often an indication of trouble. We hope you are enjoying this classic message from Bishop Greer. Stay tuned for the completion of this teaching in just a moment. Hey family, it's Bishop Derek Greer and I invite you to fuel up, get fired up and have an awesome fellowship with me and the Grace Church family this Resurrection Sunday. It will all happen at the gorgeous Hilton Performing Arts Center in Manassas, Virginia. There'll be room for all and a special treat for elementary school children in attendance. For more information, go to gracechurchva.org slash resurrection. That's gracechurchva.org slash resurrection. And we will see you there. Let's get back to this classic message from Bishop. She said, what kind of conversation is this that you're having with one another as you walk in? And looking so sad, all down in the mouth, looking like the world has ended. Then the one who, whose name was Cleopas, and everybody got a Cleopas in their family and in their group. And while I was reading this, I was like, don't do it, Cleopas, don't do it, Cleopas, don't do it, Cleopas. But Cleopas did it. He, he looked at Jesus and said, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Cleopas, Cleopas had a little mouth here. And have you not known the thing? Now, Jesus was, was the one things happened to. And he's, he's like, have you not known the, the things that have happened? How many of y'all have moments here like, God, you know, uh, you act like you got to explain to God what happened. Like he wasn't there. He, he, he knew. He saw it all. You don't know the things which happen in the, the, these, these days. Lord, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I'm feeling. And they're talking like Jesus was hiding somewhere in the cave like he didn't have CNN and, and he didn't know the, the, the news. But Jesus, he's calm. And and the Bible doesn't say this, but this is my message. I tell it the way I want. (laughs) So I I think Jesus was like, okay, two can play this game. So he goes on to this this, this next verse here. He says, uh, what things? (laughs) It's funny, when we get smart with God, God starts playing dumb. But, but, you know, he, 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 he does that to draw you in. He said, what things? So they said to him, the, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet. They just called the great I am a was. And many of us, again, between the time we came to church last Easter and this Easter, because things didn't go right, we're saying, God, you know, you could have been, and and God, if you would have, and we're acting like God was a was, instead of a very present help in time of trouble. So, so far, it's not going well for these boys. They said, and, and he was mighty indeed, and and word before God and all the people. 
and how the chief priests and, and our rulers delivered him over to be condemned to death and, and crucified. Watch this, though. But we were hoping. How many of y'all see past tense? Meaning not anymore. Yeah, I used to believe in all that God stuff. I used to believe in all that Jesus stuff. But then life hit me. Some stuff happened I couldn't understand. Some things happened that I didn't have categories for. Life hit me and I gave up on all that Jesus stuff. But let's watch. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. But see, th- these men were correct that Jesus came or they were correct about what Jesus came to do. He came to redeem, but they were tragically wrong about how Jesus was going to get it done. They wanted Jesus to conquer with the sword, but the way Jesus conquered is he hung his head, gave up his spirit, then they pierced his side with a spear. That's it. Instead of conquering the world, he won the world. You hear me? But last Easter, when you came to church, you wanted a God that just fix everything. Just pull out his sword and conquer every foe and just wipe it out. But this last year, he said, you know what? I need you to learn something about my Christ. Until you're willing to, 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 to hang up there for a little while. Until you're willing to take a little bit of pain. Until you're willing to take it on your back, willing to take it on the chin. Until you're willing to, to, to deal with a little bit of trouble and still trust me. Until you're, you're willing to say, you know what, though it take three days, I know I'm coming out of this on the other side. Until you begin to operate with some faith. You will not experience my hand. And then they went on, indeed, beside all this, today, this is the third day. Since these things happen. Now, how many of y'all are familiar with the Bible? Just a little bit. Hadn't Jesus mentioned the third day before? Over and over and over again? These men, it's the third day and we're upset. Jesus preached for years about the third day. Instead of being sad, they should have been excited. Let's read about the third day. Matthew 16 and 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, must go, and suffer what? Many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be what? Killed dead and be raised when? On the third day. And they're upset because it's the third day. But what did Jesus say? He'd be what? Let's read Matthew 17. Same book. He said it over and over again. Now, while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And the third day, he'll be raised up, and they got sad. Jesus didn't promise you that it's going to be a cakewalk. He just said, wait until the appointed time, and I'll resurrect the thing, fix the thing that broke. But because you faced some stuff between Easter's, now you're wondering if God is real. God, do you love me? God told you on the third day. Let's read it one more time. Matthew 20 and 18. 
Jesus said, behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests, the scribes, and they will condemn him and he will die dead. And then deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify. And the third day he'll rise again. These men were so stuck on their disappointment, they were about to miss their appointment. You have an appointment with destiny, but because something happened between Easter's, you're going to give up. You're going to walk away. Our promise is always greater than our pain. Always. Matter of fact, your pain is an indication how much of it you experience that God has something great for you on the other side. Why did it hurt Jesus so bad? Because it was about to bring the redemption of the entire human race. The more the pain, the greater the gain. And that's the way it has been and always will be until Christ's return. Luke 24 and 22. And then they keep going. Yes, and certain women in our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. And by the way, the first preachers of resurrection were women. So who are we 2,000 years later trying to stop them? I'm preaching good. Verse 23. When they did not find his body. The, the, The tomb of Jesus Christ is the only tomb famous for what's not there. They didn't find his body. They they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. I mean, women seeing visions, women uh, preaching and telling people about the resurrection. This is a fundamentalist nightmare right here. And certain of those who were with us went. See, the ladies came. I don't know why the ladies always come first. I I, I wish we, we would catch it quicker. But, you know, the ladies were out. The brothers were in hiding. So after the ladies came with the report, then finally the brothers went out. And then they went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. In other words, the women's message was accurate and correct. And all the apostles could do was nod their head in agreement. Just want to pose the question, brothers, why is it that the sisters always seem to get it first? It says, but him they did not see. Then Jesus said to them, okay, he, 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 he gets real here. He said, now I, I, I've drawn you in with kindness, but let's talk. He said, oh, foolish ones. And slow of heart to believe. Dr. King called this the paralysis of analysis. You know, at some point, we've heard enough and we know enough to say yes, but we still look for any excuse to stay undecided. He he said, oh, see, the foolish ones is so cute. He, He was really calling them names. He said, y'all need to get off the small bus. 
Why are y'all so slow? You see, they started this attitude thing, asking him all them pointed questions. So he's like, you want some attitude? I'm going to show you some attitude. They had already had enough evidence to demand a verdict here. Jesus said on the third day he'd rise from the grave. Women reported that he rose from the tomb. And then the apostles had the same report. But still these guys wanted to sit on the fence. They were still looking for an excuse not to make a decision. And many of us the same way. It's not that there's not been enough evidence. It's a matter that you're committed to stay right in the middle. Because for some reason you feel that now it's the safest place. Oh, foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Didn't Isaiah tell you that the, 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 the Messiah would suffer? It's time for y'all to put on your big boy pants and stop procrastinating and make a decision. You say, well, I didn't come to Easter service for that. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You've been listening to a classic message from Derek Greer. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live a life bigger than yourself today. If you want to know more about becoming a Christian or want to rededicate your life to Christ, Bishop Greer wants to walk you through a step-by-step guide. It's the most important decision you'll ever make. Visit gracechurchva.org salvation to find out more. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace Church VA TV. And while you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's all for today. Until next time, live big. Hey, family, it's Bishop Derek Greer, and I invite you to fuel up, get fired up, and have an awesome fellowship with me and the Grace Church family this Resurrection Sunday. It will all happen at the gorgeous Hilton Performing Arts Center in Manassas, Virginia. There'll be room for all and a special treat for elementary school children in attendance. For more information, go to gracechurchva.org slash resurrection. That's gracechurchva.org slash resurrection, and we will see you there. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.